Welcome to the Mavens Do It Better podcast. And now, your host, Heather Newman. Hello, everyone. Here we are again for another Mavens Do It Better podcast, where we interview extraordinary experts who bring a light to our world. And oh my goodness, I have such a light right here with me. I am so very excited. Uh, someone who also likes the word maven, sales maven, in fact. And uh, we have the wonderful, talented, lovely Nikki Rausch here with us today. Nikki, how's it going? It's going great. Thank you so much for having me with you today. Absolutely. So Nikki, where are you coming to us from today? I am currently living in Boise, Idaho. So that's where I'm coming from you today. Coming from today. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. Uh, Today, uh, I'm in my home office at Marina Del Rey HQ over here. So uh, samey, samey on the West Coast. So yeah, yeah, um, I so fascinated with one, the fact that, you know, other folks who use the word maven, you know, in their businesses and titles and all of that. We were just sort of talking about that before we got on and maybe let's get into that for a moment. So okay. you know, my, my business has been Creative Maven and the you know podcast is Mavens Do It Better and your sales maven. So we talk about how that happened a little bit. Yeah, so uh, we did talk about this, but I, so when I was deciding that I was going to start my business, I knew that for me, I never wanted it to be like the Nikki Rouse show. I always wanted it to be about the work right. and what I teach which Mm -hmm. is selling skills. And so I knew I wanted to have sales in the name of my business, but I didn't want to like, what was I going to call it then? Sales expert. That that (laughs) seemed kind of boring. So I went on a search for words. Um, I love language. It's a big part of what I teach and what I've studied. And so I came across this word maven and I was like, oh, I've never heard the word before Mm -hmm. and I'm so interested in it. So I tested it out and ended up deciding that was going to be the name of the business. And I know I had shared with you that people have such interesting responses. Now, I feel like now that I have, have that in my company name and I've had my business now coming up on eight years, but um, so I hear it more and more. I hear it kind of all the time. So it was super fun when I saw yeah. the name of your podcast. I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like we're in sync. But prior to, you know, um, like when I was first starting out, people were always like, that word feels, you know, it's like, it either feels really feminine. I get a lot of times people say it's a very feminine word. Or uh, I've had people say like, I hate that word. It sounds like matronly. It sounds old. And I'm like, really? I love it. So I really doubled down on the word maven. And I, I even have a community, I have a membership called the sales maven society. And in there they refer to each other as mavens, which I love. That's so cool. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I get the two, I get the, the feminine. Yeah. Yeah. And the matronly, not so much, not as much, but yeah. Or people, they're like maven, raven, haven, like it's always like really rhymy for whatever reason. And you're like, I've never got that, but now I'm like, (laughs) Oh, I hope I do. Yeah, I feel like there was, I I was sitting at a, um, gosh, I was at some event and I exchanged business cards with someone and it was me and her company was called Marketing Maven. And then the woman next to us, no kidding. She was like, oh, wow. And we're like, what? And she's like, well, you know, the Malcolm Gladwell book, The Tipping Point, which is where I found the word, which I was telling you about. Yeah, yeah. Um, She said, well, you know, the guy that's the maven in the book. And I said, yeah. And she's like, that's my dad. And I was like, <gasps> what? And it was oh. like, we just, all, both, all of our heads explode. We were like, what? Yeah. 
<laughs> it was so wild, you know, but yeah, that word has taken a lot, taken off, you know, and there's, it's all over the place. I love it. And yeah, even more so now, you know, and it's been interesting. I know thinking about brand, you know, there's a lot of mavens in the space and I love it. You know, I think like maybe I should just do a whole year of mavens. I don't know. Yeah. I thought about that maybe. <laughs> I know somebody was asking me the other day, like, how, how come you haven't trademarked? Uh, and I'm like, I don't think you can trademark the word maven. Like it's a common yeah. word. I think um, he's trying because I've, I've, oh, really? I've come because I trade trademark creative maven a long time you ago. Did. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, but there's, yeah, there's a car company and then there's a yeah. big giant, I don't know. There's all kinds of people, but yeah. Whatever. Anyway. Yeah. It's just funny. Cause I'm like, it's, it's, it's not like a, ter- uh, and I, I also get people ask me all the time, like, do you mind if I use this word in my, like whatever they are? And then they call themselves a maven. And I'm like, well, first of all, I'm super flattered that you would think yeah. of me for it. And yeah. I don't own the word maven. <laughs> I didn't invent it, you know? So please. By yeah. all means, more right mavens in the world. More mavens, please. Yeah. Well, and let's talk about the other word, yeah. business, which is sales. So, yeah. gosh, you have an illustrious career of teaching sales, being a salesperson, all of that good stuff. I mean, was it 25 years mm-hmm. experience? Well, now it's more, but it's just okay. at this point, at some point you just say like 25 <laughs> years plus, right? right? It's been so long. So yeah, I have a pretty extensive background in sales. Um, I was a traveling sales rep, like road warrior for many, many years. Wow. Okay. Um, and in a particular industry, I was in the tech space in audio visual specifically. Oh, okay. So yeah, that was, that's really where the bulk of my sales experience comes from is being in that industry, being a regional sales manager and being the, the person who flies all over wow. the country really and teaches, demonstrates, you know, sells. Yeah, absolutely. Did you find for you, I mean, sales is an art of sort of teaching and training anyway, right? Because you're kind of mm-hmm. teaching customers how to buy from you. But yeah. was there a, a point where it really shifted where you're like, okay, I like doing the sales myself, but I really want to start teaching that. When did that happen for you? Well, okay. So the the story really is while I was a traveling sales rep, I got really curious about how to up my sales game. Like how do I become even better at what I do? Right. And I came across neuro-linguistic programming. I don't know if you know that term, but it's a study of communication. And so I came across somebody who was teaching NLP and I really dug into it. I got pretty deep into, I went and got, you know, my practitioners and then I went on to get master certified in it. And then um, my NLP teacher moved to the state that I was living in at the time Mm -hmm. and asked me to assist her on weekends and classes. And so while I was studying NLP, I was finding that, Um, it was really helping me become better at like the relationship side of the selling. And it was improving all the other relationships in my life because I was becoming a much better communicator. And while I was doing that with her, I was also starting to kind of get a little bit burnt out. Frankly, I had been in the industry that I was in for a really long time. Right. And I know you asked this question at the end. I've heard you. And so when I was listening to your podcast and I was thinking about what would I say? Like one of my moments, this won't be my answer if you want to talk about it at the end, but one of my moments is I remember standing at a trade show 
Um, and in the industry that I was in, we used to do a lot of trade shows. Like one, one year I counted, I did over a hundred trade shows that year. It was like ridiculous amount of trade wow. shows. Yeah. So here I am, you know, Saturday morning, I'm at another trade show and I'm looking around as everybody's getting set up. It's like before the doors open and I'm just looking from booth to booth to booth. And I could see every booth in this big, huge room that we were in. And I knew at least one person in every single booth. And in some ways that's super satisfying, but in other ways I started thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm just about to turn 40. Am I going to be standing here talking to the same people in 10 years when I'm turning 50? Like, what is that going to be? And so I left the industry. I got super curious because it was like, something is missing in my life and I need to figure out what it is. So I left the industry. I started working with my NLP teacher just to help her grow her business. I started doing sales and marketing for her. And that's when I first started meeting entrepreneurs and with entrepreneurs and networking, like I, and specifically networking with women, because I came from a very male dominated industry. And as I started meeting these women, they were all super passionate about what they did and they were wanting to make an impact in their, you know, to their families, but to their community and in everybody they came into contact with. But the thing they struggled with was making money. And the reason they struggled okay. to make money is because they didn't understand how to sell. Yep. And that was something I knew how to do. And so I really had no intention on ever having my own business, but I just thought like, oh, I could help some of these people who were interested, you know, who would ask me questions and I would get permission to, you know, can I teach you a little technique here? Or can I offer you some way to change up the way you say this? And, and one woman in particular, she was like, the, you know, those people where you like, you give them one little thing and they make it like a huge thing. Yeah. So she would take everything I would say, and she would turn it into money. Like she would just like, oh, I use this technique. And Um, And she was working for a company that really took notice and they're like, what are you doing? And how, like what's changed? And she said, oh, I started working with a sales coach. And of course I didn't even have a business (laughs) and they got really interested in me and they ended up hiring me to speak at their national sales conference. And really my company was born out of that because I was like, oh, people will pay me money to talk about sales. Like how cool would that be? (laughs) So That's how I got into what I'm doing now. That was the transition was somebody was like, I'm using these techniques. They're working. And somebody else was like, well, we'll pay you money to teach this to a bigger, you know, bigger group. That's awesome. How cool. Yeah. You know, there's some parallels. I did the production and logistics for, gosh, about 12 years for Microsoft um, as a consultant and, you know, ran around the world spending money, their money, which was lovely. And yes. it's, it's exhausting. I mean, I can tell yeah. you that I, there was moments when I've been in front of a trade show booth and been like, huh, this is, this is the deal. Okay. You know, and, but then loved so much of it too. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. a speaker and did all kinds of things, you know, but yeah, I, um, I feel you on that one for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. What's uh tell talk talk about your origin story. So you're from Idaho, so you know, yeah. to grow up and all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah, so I grew up in Boise, Idaho. I was raised by my dad, and I have three brothers. And in uh the early like 90s, I moved to the Seattle area mm-hmm. and was finishing my degree there and at university. Well, I was through a satellite program from the University of Washington, and one of my college projects led me to this tech company in this town that I was living in. Mm -hmm. And um, through that, 
I ended up having to go back and like, it was like two thirds of my grade was based on this presentation about this company. And you had to go in and do this pretty extensive research about the company. And I had a partner and one of my pieces about, you know, doing about this tech company was their hiring practices and who they hired. And I'd found this ad. I mean, this was back when they used to put ads in the paper, you know, because a while ago (laughs) to hire people. And so somebody in my class came up to me at the end of the presentation. They're like, Hey, can I have that ad? I think I'm going to apply to that company. And so he did and he, they hired him. And then somebody else in my class applied and got hired. And I was like, if they'll hire those two dudes, they'll probably hire me. Right. And so I got hired at this, you know, tech company and I was outbound sales rep, like dialing for dollars, the kind of job that most people don't want to do. It's a great learning experience. And worked my way up there and ended up becoming their national sales manager. I was the only person they'd ever promoted from like this very entry level position all the way up to the management team. And so, yeah, that was, um, I mean, that's kind of my, and, you know, and then I just kept moving from there, eventually went to the manufacturer side of the business. And that's when I started traveling much more and yeah. That's so cool. I mean, wow. It's so, so go Huskies. I went to the University of Washington yeah. as well. Awesome. So, yeah, totally. And I'm totally, I'm so curious what that tech company is. Oh, so it was Boxlight is the name of the company. Okay. I wouldn't know if you would hear it. Like, so they sold the third LCD panel that was ever made. Uh-huh. LCD panel. Do you know what an LCD panel is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay. So they were the thing this for anybody listening, they were the thing that sat on top of an overhead projector that allowed the teacher to hook it up to their computer, you know, and show an image. And then eventually projectors started coming in and then home theater took off. And so we had a big home theater division and we had selling primarily selling, um, in the tech space in like equipment stuff, educators are like the biggest consumer of technology. And so education was a huge market um, for us. And so, yeah. That's so funny. That takes me back to the, when you said that, so my math teacher, Tipton, Tipton, his name was Tipton McCauley. And he, oh my goodness, he, I was in the front and I was right in front of his thing and he would squirt the projector and would always get all over my stuff. Yeah, I was always just like, <laughs> and yes, Tipton McCauley was my math teacher yeah. back Wheaton Central, uh, Wheaton High School. So, okay. uh, very funny. Anywho, um, <laughs> just flash that in front of me. Um, so you, so not only, you know, do you have this awesome, your, your coaching business and you've, I saw, you know, you've been selling to like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, you know, NASA, Hewlett Packard, mm-hmm. like so big names, which is totally yeah. Them. Yeah. And then you've had, you know, you've taken the time because, you know, I'm sure you got a lot of time on your hands to write some books, right? Yes. You're an author and you've got three hugely popular books on Amazon. <laughs> so I don't yeah. know if I'd put the word hugely in front of them, but thank you for that. Yeah. 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 The books that, you know, the very first book that I ever wrote was I, I had been working for my NLP teacher. This was before sales management got started. And I started thinking like, I went from making a lot of money <laughs> to making like almost no money. And so I felt like, oh, I need to go back into the industry and get a real job. Uh, sure. And while I was deciding like, what industry did I want to go back and sell for right. um, that summer? I thought, I, I don't know. I, I don't enjoy job hunting. I don't know a lot of people who do, but I particularly find it, 
kind of soul sucking, frankly. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the summer while I was deciding where I was going to go and what I was going to do, I thought I need to make, I need to have something to look forward to over the summer. Right. So I'm going to write a book while I'm job searching. So the first book came out of just me trying to feel, I want to end the summer feeling satisfied that I accomplished something meaningful. So that was the first book. Yeah. yeah. When was that? Uh, that was back in, well, it came out, I wrote it in 2013. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think the next book I wrote in 2015. And I think my last book I wrote in 2000. 18. And I haven't had a desire to write one again yet. I know. Do we have one up our sleeve right now? No. (laughs) I have an idea for a book, but it won't be related to business, I don't think. So um, I don't know. I don't know if that book will ever get published or if I'll ever actually sit down and write it. Yeah. I know I have a couple of books in my head and I just haven't, or or I've started and I haven't finish them unfortunately Mm. so that's something that's on my I want to do that like I want to write a book for sure um how was the process of that for you I didn't I haven't looked I've I haven't looked through them um yeah I'm so excited to do so did you self-publish did you get a publisher like for people who are doing that sort of thing I should I love to hear about like how you went about it yeah well here's here's the first thing I did so I I mentioned studying NLP and one one time while I was, so NLP has a presupposition that there's a structure to excellence and to become master certified in NLP, you have to do these master level projects where you, you go out and you interview people who are getting exceptional results at something that you're interested in. Okay. And there's like a very specific process for it. And so one weekend, my NLP teacher was teaching a master level class, but she also had her practitioner's class going at the same So she had me go teach practitioners. And while she was teaching masters, she assigned them their master level project. Uh And there was one student in the class who thought or her, she wanted her project to be how to become a published author. Mm. And she didn't have a partner. And so my teacher said, Oh, Nikki will do this project with you. Well, I'd already, you know, I was already master certified. I'd already done one master level project, no intention on doing another. And because I went out and I interviewed all these published authors, what you you find is there's a structure to excellence. And if you can kind of break down, what are the, what are the common steps that people do? So my first book, I actually followed, I think it's five steps that we kind of came to this after interviewing all these people, we kind of came back together and pulled this data together. And we're like, here's, you know, here's the structure. So I followed these five steps and the, I actually worked with a company on the the first book. It's called Six Word Lessons on Influencing Grace with Grace. And the publisher does these six word lesson books. And so what, what the format is, is sure. you have six words to kind of give a tip. And then you have between 30 and 60 words to explain the tip. And mm-hmm. the book is a hundred tips. So it, they, you know, their structure was already in place. Absolutely. And I was like, I feel like I could do that. I love tips. I don't know about yeah. you, but uh-huh. mm. do you know, I don't know if you know that <laughs> like the, I'm, nobody ever knows this, but I think it's called first for women. It's a, it's a magazine. They sell it like the grocery store and the checkout oh, it's, line. It's like the circle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. Anyway, yeah. But that, that magazine, I used to always buy it. Cause again, I was, this was back before e-readers and all of that sure, traveling, okay. yep. you know, I'd always get my first magazine and I would read it on the plane. Cause it was just filled with tips. They always had all these sections of like 25 tips for how to use, you know, dental floss or whatever. And I just love stuff like that. Right. So I loved the concept of a six word lesson book. I'm like, yeah. Oh, I could write a book of tips. So my first book is all about NLP tips, basically like communication tips. And, um, so again, I worked with this publisher that already had this, the next book I worked with a company who was kind of starting to do some publishing things. I don't even know if they're still doing it, but ultimately I ended up pretty much self-publishing the second book. And then the third book, I worked with a company who kind of did all of the they kind of did everything. They got it up on Amazon. They, you know, they, they did everything. Yeah. Yeah. So it was different, awesome. Different things for different times in your life, maybe yeah. too, where you yeah. were, what you were doing and how busy you were or whatever, maybe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, you could certainly go out and get a big name publisher, Yeah. but if you have a book in you, and I think everybody has at least one, I really truly believe that then sometimes it's just about putting it out into the world and seeing yeah. what happens. So if you don't have a big publisher, you can still be published. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. Yeah. And I, I love the, the concept sort of of the business card book that was sort of, yeah. for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. like it is. it's, you know, being a published author is, is legit, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> you know? It's definitely a credibility builder for sure. Absolutely. So, and they don't have to be 400 pages long, you know? No. My books are so fast. They're fast, easy reads. I think the the third book is probably the longest read, but you know, my first two books, like realistically, if you're a pretty fast reader, you can read them in a half an hour or less. Like it's not going to take you a right. ton of time to get through them. Yep. But you know, for me again, it's like, is it useful information yeah. that somebody can do something with? And that's always my goal when I put out content. Yeah, absolutely. That's so cool. I can't wait. I can't wait to dip into them. Those six word lessons sound so good. I love it. I, I hashtag out Maven tips all the time. Like, so. So you already have your book written. Basically you could go pull your tips. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. I think there's a few, there's, I have a couple of different things. I have a blog series that I did on, um, workplace culture that, uh, I just need to sort of just pull them in together. Uh, and then, yeah, there's a couple other things going on. So yeah. yeah. Okay. I just yeah. need to do it. And that's, so you're very inspiring. So. Okay, good. I And if I can connect you with anybody oh, cool. to Thank help you. you, if you need some okay. assistance, like really, okay. especially if you already have content, like you have yeah, content right. written. Yeah. Like realistically, my third book is a combination of blog posts I've written mm-hmm. and trainings that I have put on. Sure. <laughs> like yeah. that's, it's all that content. Yeah. And that's what it is well, put and into a book form. With thinking about marketing and sales, right? It's like, mm-hmm. how do we, like, I was talking to a client which a client earlier today and some other folks and, you, you know, my team, my Microsoft team, I was just like, okay, like it's omni-channel, right? We take one piece of something and you use it, you, know, to, you squeeze it until you get everything out of it and you yeah. use one thing, right? Instead of trying to do 4,000 things, yes. take one thing and, 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 infographic and social and this and that and that and this and this and post it in this place and that place because you never know who's going to be looking or listening or whatever and that like I guess sometimes people some people are like oh yeah and then other people are like huh and I'm like okay you know like I don't know you got to make the most sometimes too from like just that one thing because maybe yeah. it's a small business or maybe you're a one-person business right and you don't have mm-hmm. 
oodles of money to go drop like 5k on like building something or having something make somebody, somebody make something for you, you know? Yeah. I actually teach a masterclass, which um, I teach master classes once a quarter on different cool. topics. And the one that's coming up at the end of uh, November and December, I always teach it kind of at the end of the year, every year. And it's called content creation for revenue generation. And what I'm teaching cool. essentially is how to repurpose, recycle, and reuse your content. Cool. And, and I also think I have a coach who screams this at me sometimes, Nikki, be prolific. He loves the word prolific. And it's like, you got to be everywhere. <laughs> You got to put it everywhere. And yeah. it's so, so true. Yep. It's only, it's only, I think, until you're so sick of hearing or reading the same thing that people start to go like, oh, wait, you talk about work culture? What? Oh. You know, and then you're like, what? I've been talking about this for 10 years. Completely. Yeah. And it's interesting too, like different communities that you have, you know, that's like this community is like, oh yeah, I totally know who you are. And this other community is like, who are you? And you're like, yes. What? Like, wait a minute! I've been doing this grinding hustle stuff for like forever. Yeah, yeah. What I'm talking about, you know? It's like it's just, yeah, it's funny that way. Um, you talk a lot about uh, and and two, and you were saying about about women in sales. I, mm-hmm. you know, I love. I do a lot. I've done a lot of diversity inclusion and women in tech, all those kinds of events. I have my, a lot of my dear friends are other coaches who, you know, even, you know, specialize in say female founders or female executives and all of that. I do think that, you know, gosh, what you're doing and especially what you're doing for women and getting them to get the money, close the sale, get the revenue and all of that stuff. Um, Is there like maybe one or I'm sure there are one or two kind of key kind of like pitfalls or things that you see with people that are preventing them to get it, to get it, you know? Yeah. I'll, I'll say one of the biggest is that there's that, that, that judgment that you put on yourself of like, Oh, I don't want to be salesy. I don't want people to think that I'm just about the money. And therefore they don't, they don't put themselves forward. They don't invite people to take next steps with them. And the thing that's the reframe around this is that, you know, we're always worried like, oh, what's other going to think of me? And, you know, uh, but what we forget is that most of us walk around, we think the whole world revolves around us, right? Like everything that happens is to me, for me, against me, like whatever, however your mindset is that day. Sure. Sure. And so when you, when you have an interaction with a prospective client, and you don't give them a next step with you of how to how to hire you or how to take that next step or how to get whatever it is that you offer, they walk away feeling very unsatisfied mm-hmm. with that interaction. And with women in prime, like not maybe in particular, but I do think just w- with women, you can you can apply this to whoever else you want to, but I'm gonna say for women too that we have a little bit of a collaborative type experience and we want people to have good experiences with us. Mm -hmm. And so when women start to understand that you don't want to leave people feeling unsatisfied with their interaction with you, now they start to see, oh, sales isn't about me. And the other thing about sales, this is a misconception, is that people think sales is something that you do to people, but actually sales is something you do with And when you start approaching your conversations that this is a with experience, Mm -hmm. then it changes. It no longer becomes like, I'm going to try to get some money out of you, which like that feels gross, right? We don't, (laughs) you don't need to treat anybody like a wallet. And you also don't need to convince anybody to buy from you. That's, that's another kind of misconception is that 
and it's been, you know, it's not that it's, it's still taught out there. Like your job is to convince people they have a problem. Your job is to convince them that you're the only solution. I disagree. I think most of us are so sick of people trying to convince us of everything. Mm -hmm. We don't want to be convinced. What we want to know is, do you care about me? Are you interested in finding out what my problem is? And do you have a solution that will meet my problem? And when you approach sales, like my job is to understand, Hey, what's going on with you, Heather? Do you have something going on that I can offer you? And if so, I'm going to make it an offer and you can decline and I don't have to be offended by it. And I don't have to feel rejected by you. I just would go like, Hey, no problem. But you know, you're super cool to know. And I hope we stay in touch, right? Like it doesn't have to be weird and awkward. Yeah. That's, those are two awesome, awesome tips for sure. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think that, uh, I don't know, I find that we also, you can sell yourself short and like feel like you have to give a discount and yes. like not hold your rate, you know, yes. like the mm-hmm. worth the discussion a bit, you know, and it's like, uh, it's the doubt language stuff too. It's like, I, I when I, I, I laugh sometimes, like I'm in my, my voice, you know, when I'm here and then, you know, other times I'm like you, when you go up and you're like, well, you know, it can kind of be like this. I use it as an example because people yes. are like, well, maybe, and um, hold on. And it's like, no, I believe that I am worth this yeah. much and my services are excellent. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. yeah. And the other thing about that, okay. So I love the stuff about voice and I teach about that too. Very NLP. Yeah. You know, if you, if you curl your sentences up at the end of your, or if you curl your voice up at the end of your sentences, you can often sound unsure. Like you're asking questions instead of making statements versus curling your voice down at the end of your sentences. And so you sound more credible. And because again, like we want to be liked, most of us want to be liked Mm -hmm. and we want people to feel good about their experience with us. But we forget that let's be really honest about this. People want to give their money to experts. They don't want to give to their, their money to people who are like, maybe it'll work for you. I mean, it could. It's like, no, I'd rather hire the person that's like, look, Nikki, this is going to solve this problem for you. This is going to help you. And, you know, here's, here's how to get it. Right. Now you go, oh, I want to work with an expert, Mm -hmm. which is why I think a lot of times you do get with women, like people will choose to hire the man because he doesn't have any problem going like, hey, this is going to work for you. This, mm-hmm. this is the solution because yep. he's speaking from that place of credibility. And as a woman or as anybody, frankly, yeah. when you want to earn somebody's business, stand in your place of authority, stand in your own credibility, stand in your place of expertise and people, and you know, and invite them to do business with you and be willing to say your fees without going like, eh, it's, you know, so, so I charge this, but if you don't want to pay that, I'll give you a discount. It's like, no. Because you forget that people who are paying you money will feel very satisfied that they made that investment in their business or in their health or in their whatever it is that they're buying from you. They're not going like, well, I gave Nikki all this money. They're going like, I invested in myself Mm -hmm. and I learned how to sell better. And I am confident when I go out and talk about sales, like that's what I want all of my clients to experience. Not like, well, I gave Nikki some money and I got better at sales. It's like, no, you invested in yourself and look what happened. Yeah. 
And that's what we want people to experience. And so frankly, there's got to be some skin in the game Mm -hmm. because if you're not charging very much, people don't think you're very good at what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Oh my goodness. I'm so happy that we connected because you're awesome. And I, I love what you're doing for the world and for people. I mean, that's, um, you know, we have to pay for our lives, unfortunately, yeah. you know, yeah. so, you know, it's like giving people the tools to do that in a way and in their way is so important and with formulas that work, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Structure. Yeah. I love structure. I love step-by-step, yeah. step. make mm-hmm. it easy. Guess yep. what? The easier you make it for people to pay you money, they will. Yeah. And I think you're the sales maven for sure. And also, you know, anything you're selling, be it, you know, you're selling a product or a business, like sometimes you have to sell your ideas too, mm-hmm. right? You're selling yeah. a, you're pitching your boss about something that you want or a project that you want to do if you're not even working for yourself, you know I mean? Like sales oh, yeah. is all of those things, right? And so the ability to formulate an idea and get it done, get it funded or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. is is part of, I'm sure what you're, what you're coaching many people on as well. Right. Yeah. A lot of the people who come through sales training with me, they're like, my relationship with my spouse improved, you know, like my kids now are more compliant (laughs) because I know how to phrase things differently. Like I hear this all the time. We're like, Oh, my relationship with my best friend has even gotten better. Or all, you know, also like my employees now respond to me in a different way because I, speak to them in a different way. Right. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. Well, I could talk to you for another four hours. Um, Same. Easy. Is there anything else that you're doing or putting out into the world that we didn't cover that you want to talk about today? You've got your awesome books, The Selling Staircase, Buying Signals, Six Word Lessons on Influencing with Grace. So those are all out at Amazon. Yeah. I know you have a beautiful free ebook offer I that do. we're going to put up um, in I the do. show notes. What else is going on? Anything else? You want to so about? I also have a podcast and it's called sales right. Maven. That's right. So if, uh, if somebody's listening and they're like, I'd like to learn a little bit more about sales, or I'd like to learn a little bit more about this. How do you phrase things and how do you communicate? I really specialize in the conversation side of selling. So it's the language piece. Yep. Come over and check out the podcast. Yeah. That's so awesome. Absolutely. Well, okay. So I'm going to throw my last question at you. How about that? Okay. that okay. And a little bit. So, uh, totally interested in what sparks us. And if you could talk to our listeners about something in the moment of today uh, that has sparked you to be who you are in this moment, person, place, thing, book, poem, any of that kind of jazz. Well, you know what I was thinking about when I was listening to somebody else answer this question on your podcast is I was thinking about being in the Redwood Forest mm-hmm. many years ago. I was taking a storytelling class, learning how to be a storyteller. Nice. And that really is being there and being so inspired by the teacher who was teaching it is what led me down this path of neuro-linguistic programming and learning NLP skills has absolutely changed my life in like, I don't even know how to describe how many ways and for the better. So I think about the Redwood Forest when I think about the place. Yeah, that's so Magical. Cool. Yeah, magical, magical, magical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, cool. I can can't wait to dip into the books and you. I'm gonna check your podcast out too, obviously. So another podcaster, everybody, y'all. So uh bookmark Sales Maven on your favorite podcast and uh definitely check out Nikki's books and uh we'll have a free ebook in the show notes. And thank you so much, Nikki. What a delight and another Maven. Okay. 
Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to meet you. Absolutely. Great meeting you too, Nikki. All right, everybody. That was another Mavens Do It Better podcast. And here is to another big, beautiful day on this blue sphere. Thanks, everybody. The original music on this podcast was created by Jesse Cates.